With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So here we go then everybody. Welcome to another KOA live show. The KOA fan social live show. Hope you're all doing well. Um, It's a hot one, isn't it? Indian summer... Um, late Indian summer as we enter September, and uh, I'm gonna we're gonna probably chat about this in the intro, bringing in Simon and Bloomers who are joining me this week. Um, of course, international break is here. Are you bored yet? I am. It's gonna be weird this weekend with no town game. The Israel Town Women's team. I've got a game on Sunday. But it's Saturday. You got to fill that up. But um, welcome back though to another live show. We did this a few weeks back. We had good old Bainesy and Peachy joining me. This time I've got Simon and Bloomers. Um, as we discuss all things town. So come in, sit down and relax, have a cool brew and enjoy this chat. Let's bring in, first of all, Simon, who joins us, my friends. Always bump into you in the press box, press room, because I know you yeah. do the hospital radio. So shout yeah. out to you and for doing that. But how's things, my friend? Yeah, very good. Very good. Enjoying uh, enjoying the football well up till last week when sort of now it stopped uh, for a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's been it's been really enjoyable sort of being involved and seeing the atmosphere around the place as as it's been in the opening five games and and the results and the performances have have been good, which is always good to see. Definitely, mate. And um, I've completely forgot, and I I put it on our notes. Of course, we are proudly sponsored by Manscaped and Ginger Pickle. Shout out to Tony Self, Kate, and the team there for their marketing and CEO and all that sort of stuff. Um, I should say that at the beginning of the podcast, but um, I just got. I got overwhelmed with all the heat and everything like that. Um, but anyway, Simon, let's bring in the third man that's joining us. Um, we'll make this threesome. And it is Bloomers, my friend. Always good to see you. How's things? All good. Thank you very much, mate. It's, uh, yeah, pretty unbearably warm uh, in London at the moment. But we soldier on, don't we? And look, if uh, you want to fill up your time with football, being out of action or at least the um good stuff and not the international break you do have two oval shaped sports uh to choose from this weekend because you've got the rugby world cup starting tomorrow and the return of the nfl which actually starts tonight 1 20 a.m kickoff so if you've got insomnia or a young child or a pet that won't shut up then you've got an excuse to stay up and watch some good sporting action Definitely, my friend. Yeah, I've got a lot of mates. I know there's a lot of town fans who do like their American football as well, so I'm sure they'll be tuning in. And um, yeah, for late nights, ready for the American football as yeah, that this weekend full of um, of that NFL is back, baby, and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, we've got two London-based town fans with me, Simon and Bloomers, um, South London, East London. Um, I'm just here in good old Kesgrave. Um, just had a nice tie. Um, Nice uh, Thai food with my missus, and that was really enjoyable. I'm, I'm a bit bloated now, but I'm ready to crack on. Um, as I said, get in the comments down below, share your thoughts as always, and um, we're going to be chatting uh, about the start to the season, boys, because um, we're five games in on the return for town in the championship. And as always, I always want to ask your one-word review to sum up the first game. Simon, 
what is your one word? And get in the comments, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, if you're watching this and you know, listen to it um, after the show, ignore this bit. But yeah, get in the comments, let you know your thoughts. But Simon, yes, your one word, my friend. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think one word that sort of when, when you mentioned doing this, I, I think promising is the word that sort of comes to mind in terms of it's it, it's a good start. It it, it looks okay. It, it's four points from uh, four wins from five. It's twelve points from fifteen, which is one of the best that newly promoted teams have ever done. So it's good for a start, but I think we need to remember it is only a start. There will be a lot of tough tests coming thick and fast down the line. But look, all you can do is is win the games that you have, and and Town have done well in that regard, and and probably better than anyone could have hoped for. And um, Bloomers, James Biggs has um, commented and he said, Roscoe, I've had a bad day at work. Will you cheer me up by saying, Vaclav Halanki? <laughs> so there we go, James. There we go, my friend. Um, and he's had a good start to his um, championship campaign, didn't he? You know, played some really good games, uh, made some amazing saves against Cardiff, didn't he? Um, but Bloomers, what's your one word, my friend? Uh, it's not really a word. It's it's more of an emoji. It's um it's the eyes emoji. I'm sure you've seen it. Some of the two <laughs> eyes looking sideways like that, like the with uh, if there was eyebrows in the emoji, which there isn't. But if there was, they'd be a little bit raised as well. It's like a all right. Because I mean, look, the most ardent town fan wouldn't have predicted us to get 12 points from 15, and yet I'm probably not the only one in sitting here thinking a little bit like not sad by. Obviously, the sad's completely wrong word, but like. It could be so much better. And yet we got 12 points out of 15. Like 60 minutes of the Cardiff game was pretty ropey. The the defending against Leeds was pretty ropey. And yet everything else has been pretty much perfect. You have the, the highs of that win on Sky against Sunderland, where we dug in and, and got the two goals and um, saw out the game. You have the comfortable win against Stoke, which was just the perfect introduction to Portman Road. You had the... Lucky, I'll, I'll be honest, lucky win against QPR, but look, wins a win. Uh, and then bounce back ability to come back from two years down against Cardiff um, with, what, 30 minutes to go. So, you know, no one would even say that we've hit top gear yet. And yet we're second in the league with only Preston North End above us. And and yeah, 12 points out of 15 in the bank. It's a, it's a great start. And for anyone who was worried about finishing, I don't know, bottom eight or dare I say it, a bottom half, I think that starts kind of put your fears at rest. I know not a lot of people are saying that, but some of the uh, doom merchants might have been thinking it in their heads. And yeah, like it's a perfect basis to go and crack on now up until Christmas, because after this break, I don't think we've got too many more. And once we hit that first East Anglian derby, you see where we are, because at the moment you can only say that we're going to be in the, the hunt for the top six at least. Yeah, I think that was the... Um, of course, we got predicted by a lot of the, the pundits, didn't they, about Town being top six, top two. And um, some people may be laughing at that, Simon, because, yeah, we're a newly promoted League One side. But, you know, Town players have stepped up and they've, they've shown they can play at this level. Yeah, I think that's part of what I find really impressive about this start is that there has been a lot of external noise around this team saying how good it is. And for them to step up and just calmly go about their business and prove it on the pitch... And not sort of shrinking under that pressure of everyone talking about them, which I think we've seen town teams in the past sort of crumble under the pressure of the weight of expectation. This team seems to play even better. They seem to enjoy that that pressure of, of being a good side and they want to keep improving and keep showing their qualities. And I, I think McKenna's so key to that in terms of keeping everyone grounded, 
And I mean, I know we talked about this, Ross, after the game against Cardiff. What I found really impressive about that game in particular is, and Leeds as well, I suppose, is even when the chips are down and games going against them, they don't change what they're trying to do. They don't shrink and go into their shells. They trust what they're trying to do. They trust how they're trying to play. And they'll do that whether they're nil-nil, two-nil up, two behind. The process doesn't change. And that just makes it so much simpler for the players to go and perform because yeah. everyone is so understanding of their roles and what they need to do that that becomes almost second nature to them. To be fair, I, I think... Um... I think if people were thinking that some of the players on the pitch might have suddenly got ideas above their stations, um, I don't think they know what Kieran McKenna's like as a manager. I, did, yeah. I certainly didn't have any um, fears of that happening. I, to be honest, I just thought that the, the step up was going to hit us more. I think you saw it in the Leeds game with how good they were up front and you saw it in the Cardiff game where you had League One games last season like that where Cardiff would sit back behind the ball look to you know put a low block on and, and disrupt our play and then go up their end and score difference was from league one teams to cardiff is that cardiff had the attacking capabilities to actually be effective on the counter whereas league one teams were kind of sort of defending for their lives really and, and to be honest cardiff looked quite comfortable until broadhead popped up with a mini worldie and then they just seemed to crumble but yeah like it's a great um advert for what we're trying to do in that we haven't compromised on any of our philosophies in terms of playing style and it's seen to get us 12 points and you can only imagine that it will continue maybe not at that rate of points per game but like do I see us you know suddenly going on an eight game winless run no I mean do I see us winning 12 in a row no not not unless it's my wildest dreams but like there's no reason why this can't continue at at a similar vein and like I say, if you if you average, you know, well, two points a game will get you promoted, but like 1.75, 1.8 points a game, you're going to be right in the thick of that playoff race at the very minimum. Yeah, I mean, I think you look at the, the points needed for playoffs last year was sort of 72, 73 points or something, and you think we've already got 12 in five games. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it gives you such uh, ability to, to have a little dip of two, three, four games without a win. As you say, you, you hope you don't have that, but I mean, you look at the fixtures over Christmas when you've got sort of Norwich, Leicester, a lot of tough fixtures in a very short space of time. It's not inconceivable we would go on a run like that. But, I mean, all the team can do is what they are doing, which is keep trusting what they're trying to do and and keep looking to put performances on the pitch. And they've, they've done really well in that regard. I mean, I think the only other time you talk about when they looked outclassed at this level, not outclassed, but first 30 minutes away at Sunderland was, was very difficult. We've really struggled to get out. And uh, again... They they don't they don't go backwards. They they keep trying to do what they want to do and, and trust that they will get through eventually and, and it will click. And invariably it does with this team and that's that's what, what always happens. Yeah. I think the last thing on this little section is that to be honest, it's been quite these five games have been really nice and that all of like we've been tested on so many different levels. You've had backs to the wall seeing out a, a bad period against Sunderland. You've had controlling a game on the front foot against Stoke. You've had um, a, an away win, almost smash and grab-esque against QPR. And then you've had the, you know, back real looking really bad, 2-0 down, lost cause almost against Cardiff and then coming back to win it. Like we've been tested on almost every front. We've pretty much come through them all with, with flying colours. So and even the Leeds game, like we could have easily crumbled when they scored three goals in whatever however many minutes it was like so you know it's it's fantastic really you can't ask for any more and you look at the next few fixtures coming up like 
there's no reason why it can't continue. And I, th- I think McKenna's obviously spoken about I- improvement as well and, and the international break being a good chance for them to sort of look back of, of some of the lessons they've learned. I think he said after Cardiff that uh, it's great to have lessons to learn while you get the three points. It's like the ideal scenario for him because there's so much they can get better at and improve on. But they still got the win, so that can only be positive from, from his perspective. Yeah, and boys, um, Adam Wright's gone. His one-word review of the season so far is unexpected. So, um, it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. Um, and James is um, brought up the Ladapo chat now. Um, we'll talk about the Player of the Month nominees. And, of course, Sam Moores, he's won it. Um, and he's won, of course, he's been nominated for the Championship Player of the, the Month for August as well. So, fair play to Moores. He, of course, called up for, for Egypt as well. So, he had a good month. Um, but, yeah, in the past, I've not been the biggest Ladapo fan. But I must admit, he's starting to show... That he's a real good poacher, and um, he showed that, didn't he? I'm on Saturday against Cardiff, come off the bench. Um, probably wasn't expecting to come off the bench, and uh, and uh, yes, you know, about 38 minutes, I think it was, I think for Hurst. Um, but yeah, what, what, thoughts on that, Simon and Bloomers, just on the Dapper as a whole? Yeah, I mean, like, it's such a weird one. Like, I, I think he's one of the biggest enigmas <laughs> I can remember. As an it for an Ipswich Town player, like I even I was at the Reading Cup game the other week, and for sixty minutes he did barely anything. Like wasn't having a good game. He, like the game looked like it was passing him by. Like he looked to be playing within himself, which he does often. I think that's why he gets such a lightning rod criticism because it will look like even when he's not doing it that he's playing within himself because he's not one to go on. A massive mazy dribble or like or to run 20 miles an hour at players he's not one to like come in really deep get the ball or whatever but you know when he gets the ball or if a ball's in an area where there can be a goal scored he's he's there like the the reading game he had a what a one-on-one against um where when evans brought it through and you know he finished it perfectly the two cardiff goals are just poachers instinctive goals like he was there for the third, uh, the winner to just be in the right place, right time to smash him in the face, and then the second goal it came with him, came to him with a bit of a bit of luck, and and just an instinctive finish. Like it's it's fantastic. It's what you want. Um, I do, I, I I do wonder how much it was in the, was in the uh, reports that he was set to leave the club or not. I mean, Simon, would you have been upset if he? I know it's easy to say now with the two goals he scored, but if he'd have left the club on uh, six days ago. Would you have been upset? Uh, I, I think if there hadn't have been any replacement, yes, I don't think we would have had enough in the building with him going and then relying on a very young, inexperienced Dane Scarlett. Caden Jackson, we know, isn't always the most reliable finisher or source of goals. And then you've got George Hurst, who's had his slight injury problems this season already. Um, obviously, we hope that that's not too serious, but I would have been disappointed if Freddie had gone. As I say, if he'd had somebody lined up, fine, then then we could have that discussion. But as it was on deadline day, it didn't look like that was ever likely to happen. So, yeah, I, was, I didn't want to see Freddie leave. For me, the, the thing with Freddie is you just got to accept what he is and what he isn't. I mean, George Hurst is clearly a, a better rounded striker, I would say. He's got more sort of abilities, all sort of an all-court player. Like, he can drop deep, he can run in behind, he's got a lot more attributes to his game that he can use. But Freddie's up there with the, one of the best finishers in the club. And he does have that goal scorer's instinct to get into the box. And you say, I mean, even the one that goes in off his face at the weekend, it, it's one you sort of count as just good movement. He's in the right place. And that's 
So all you can do as a striker is get in the right place and hope that the ball somehow, somewhere comes to you. And, and that's what he does. And as you say, his finish against Reading was good. That gave him the confidence. And then I thought the first goal at the weekend, he took really well. I mean, it was awkward the way it come to, came to him at an awkward height and bounce and it sort of deflected into his path. But he inst- instinctively put it in the back of the net. And I think that's that's his key attribute for town is, is he is a goal scorer and sort of stat that off the bench, I think he's got the most since the start of last season with 10, I think it was. And that was, bef- I think that was including last weekend, the next nearest is Callum Wilson with six. So I think that shows the impact that he has for town off the bench. And I, I wouldn't have wanted to lose that, certainly. Yeah, definitely. Nice little chat there, boys. Love that. Uh, we've got some more comments. Um, let's shout to James Bloomers, James Farthing. Hello from New York. We've got Nikolai also from New York as well. I think they've been able to connect since James has been over there. And we actually did a fan social New York special, which was great fun at the end of last season. Uh, and Nikolai has gone, my one word review is solid. And I think that is a good word as well. Just solid. Um, you know, got some goals. Of course, conceding a bit more. So not solid at the back, but um, a solid for games um philip good old philip lundell um my one word is ter- ter- terrific Can you say terrific? <laughs> <laughs> he tried to slip me up there didn't you flip um i can't even say the easiest words there and um james has gone back in james biggs he's gone brave and yeah i have to say the boys have been brave and um ej norris has said uh one word review is unreal because that has been an unreal start with four wins out of the possible five, which I think anybody would have took that off, didn't they? When you saw the fixtures come out, you went Sunderland, ooh, Stoke, rebuild, winnable Port and Road, first game back at Port and Road in the championship. Third game was, remind me of my QPR? Was it QPR? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And, yeah, you never know. Loftus Road, QPR, though. A lot of people put in a relegation. Winnable, just about got the win. Leeds, really, you know, relegated and all that. We lost, of course, and then just gone Cardiff. We're like, yeah, a lot of people put them in the relegation zone, and of course, they gave us a big test. So, uh, so yeah, take those out of the first uh, five games. Well, boys, let's talk about the players. We've spoke about Ladapo, but let's take your player of the month for August. As we already mentioned, Sam Morsey has won the club supporters one. But um, are you going to chuck a different name, or are you picking Sam Morsey as well, Simon? Who are you choosing? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a number of names you could you could throw into the ring. Uh, I mean, I think Vaz has had an unbelievable start, given how he was sort of written off going into the season and people suggesting that we needed a new goalkeeper with Bolton out with injury. But he's been made some incredible saves. QPI was magnificent. He was brilliant again against Cardiff. I know, took a little bit of possible unfair criticism against Leeds, but he bounced back from that and showed his quality in the next game, which is all you can ask of him. Uh, Leaf Davis is just carried on where he finished off last year. And ultimately, if he has another season like that, he's probably looking like a £30 million for, to sale to somebody in the Premier League if he carries on the way he's going because he's got all the ability. But I think ultimately, Sam Morsi probably was the right name and probably the name I would have gone for, uh, given the option of of players this month. I think he does what Sam Morsey does and he deserves the sort of accolades of being nominated for Championship Player of the Month, which is quite rare for sort of more defensive-minded midfield players to get those sort of uh, nominations. And I think that proves how important and how uh, much he's needed in this town side. And he is the heartbeat of this team. Take him out and town are a completely different unit. Yeah, definitely. And uh, do you know one thing I forgot to do for this live show? There is a feature where I can share and show um, the 
basically the messages and the comments. Um, of course, if you're listening, it doesn't really matter for you. But um, for the for the viewers and for us, we can bring up people's names. I completely forgot. So here's EJ Norris, who's gone. Got to be Sam. Uh, Bloomers, who's um, who's your choice? It probably does have to be Sam. I, I, I was just sitting here being like, oh, do I put out a rogue name? Do I like try and be controversial or whatever? But like, it's very difficult to, to, to not say Sam Morsey, really. He's just a metronome. Like everything that he does is so it's it's almost unseen but it is also seen because he gets all the, all the but like you know if you were a, i don't know my uncle who's a leeds fan actually so he was actually at the, the game um at Bolton road as a leeds fan and he watched us from uh the upper cobbled stand and after the game he said oh morsey's your best player by a mile and he said i knew nothing of him before the game but now I do. And I, I think that's it. Like, you'd look at his stats on paper. I know people wangle on about fantasy stuff or whatever. If you had him in a fan, if he was ever in the Premier League on fantasy, he'd get you no points whatsoever. In fact, he'd probably get you negative points because you get booked all the time. But, like, what he does on that pitch for this team is just, as uh, Simon so rightly put, it's just so fundamental to, to how we play. I, I, I really like Cameron Burgess. Uh, and I must say, he's another in the mould of, like, Morsey, where not maybe the flashiest, but just completely solid. He allows Wolfenden to be a bit more daring with his own defending because he's just so solid. And when he's not in the team and you have, and I love him to be, so I don't mean this as a like a personal bit of criticism, but like George Edmondson against Reading, if you compare to how he played and, and what that downgrade is, in my opinion, from the likes of Burgess, the likes of Edmondson, it shows actually what a level that Burgess is playing at. So he'd be right up there for for me, um, and obviously Ladapo scoring the goals that he has done, and Clagkey. I don't think it was unfair criticism against Leeds. I, I think it was quite rightly justified. But all one bad game doesn't make a bad player, you know. So and and the, the save against Sunderland, the saves he made against Cardiff, he's more than earned his place and and done really well to deputise for for Christian Walton. But yeah, Sam Morsey. Pray to God that I don't know if it's Afcon year this year. I think it is. It I think is, yeah. it is. Yeah, January. So if he's off, then uh, that's just devastating. But uh, yeah, he deserves it, and it's really nice to see him get called up for Egypt uh, this week because I know that he's said before about what, how much that means to him. So congratulations, and he fully, fully deserves it. I mean, I think if nothing else, Morsi deserves Player of the Month for that tackle he put in on uh, the Cardiff <laughs> midfielder at the weekend, and just absolutely. Send him into another dimension almost with that tackle. Yeah, yeah we love to see that. Yeah, yeah, we do. I love those sort of tackles. I said um, on the main podcast, uh, the flagship show, that was that's in um, Stuart Watson's wallhouse. He loves those sort of tackles. So uh, I'm sure he'll enjoy it. I bet he's watched that back loads of times. Um, Adam Wright is gone. Um, another vote for the skip. Deserves his call up for the Egypt squad. Um, I'm like these little buttons now. I can press little buttons. I can bring back an old. Ross wasn't here. making up comments. No, yeah, yeah there you go. You have them. <laughs> I actually do have them. I'm not making up. I'm just not making up random people. These are people watching. So, uh, yeah, thanks for getting involved. As I said, get involved in the comments for extra stuff. Um, shall we? Uh, let's put Nikolai. I have a question here or another comment. Um, Sam has been magnificent. But for me, Vaclav Halanki. He did that on purpose, didn't he? He did it on purpose. Me say it again. <laughs> you didn't have to do it. Yeah, but to say it again because, like, for the viewers, you can see the comment here. But for, for once again, for the <laughs> listeners, I'm bringing them into the show as well because I'm sure there will be people listening to this on their way to work or whatever on a Saturday, just chilling and all that stuff. Stuff 
James has done it again. Lanky um, deserves huge credit the way he was filled with uh, Walton's boots for the first game back to be at, away at Sunderland in front of noisy 400,000. 400,000. In Sunderland's fans' eyes, they get 400,000 again. Yeah, so, true, that's the entire true, population though. of Sunderland, isn't it? Possibly, possibly. <laughs> um, yeah, 40,000. Uh, I have to correct that. And um, performed the way he did that day. And since then, mm. yeah. Big, yeah, in all fairness, that's a that's a really good point from James because I, I actually forgot that until he just brought it up. That first half an hour, he did not look comfortable. He was getting the ball at his feet, but uh, he wasn't doing a lot with it. It was um, hold your breath time. But you could see him, as the game went on, got more and more confident. And then, obviously, the save he made at the end to ensure all three points was fantastic. And I still think that uh, his past... Well, to be honest, actually, I remember saying this time last season, from what I saw of him, his distribution was better than Walton's, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I don't know. He said something similar, didn't he? he said, yeah, you can maybe say that. play out from the back or something. Along yeah, those you lines can, you can maybe Burnley. say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, say you could, you could maybe make that case. I mean, it's been how what five months since I've seen Christian Walton pass the ball, so yeah, like it, it's great for him. For any, if anything else, I don't know what's going to happen with like even the rest of the season, whether he. I don't believe for a second he'll continue for the rest of the season. He might. Depends on how bad Walton's injury is. Or, you know, I don't know. He, he plays so well that he can't be dropped. I still I don't see that happening. But um, but then if he does move on in January or at the end of the season, he's, he's put himself in the shop window with how well he's been playing. So just fair play to him. We love Czech goalkeepers. Yeah, in, the, in the tradition of Thomas Holy. <laughs> Yeah. Two um, very different goalies, of course. Because <laughs> yeah, it was like six foot nine, was he, Thomas? I think something like that. He was. He's, he he's was. Massive. He's a massive. Can't goalie. imagine him playing out from the back too often either. Yeah, yeah oh Christ, no. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Thomas. Though. We love you. We love you. He's at Carlisle, and he's still at Carlisle. Nicest man in football. He got promoted yeah. with Carlisle. Yeah. Primus. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, Thomas Early. Shout out to him. Um, well, let's boys, let's talk about um goal a month, standout moments so far as well. Uh, where do you want to start? Should we do goals? Because that's what we like. We've seen a lot of goals scored. I wish I had a stat in front of me, but I don't. I'm trying to think how many goals have scored so far. Do you know that at the top of your head? Oh, hang on. Let's see if I can work it out. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Fifteen goals. So um, out of those 15, what is your favourite? What is your goal month? There's been, there is nominations on the Town official Twitter. Um, is one what's been missing? Because as you mentioned earlier, Bloom, is the, the, the small worldie from Broadhead for the Cardiff game. Uh, that, that's not even part of that selection. Ten, technically but, uh, in wow. September. Technically in yeah. September, isn't it? Oh, I yeah, see. true. Yeah. September I think that's why I think we're blending don't, that. Don't, don't let correct stats get in the way of... Because I think that's... For me, I'm blending that game into August because we've now gone into the international break. Yeah. After international break, September um, is... It hasn't know. been a fan social since, so we'll allow it. Yes. Um, but yeah, who, who's your pick then, Simon? What out of those 15 goals... Is that just league goals, Bloomers? You no, you're not... that includes cup goals. Okay, okay, that's good. That's good. But yeah, that, that counts because it is cup goals. Yeah, that, doesn't include the, it doesn't include the penalties. But... <laughs> no, because <laughs> no. uh, yeah, Shawnee Luco missed his, um, and the rest scored though, actually. Yeah. So, so yeah. But um, really what do you reckon, Simon? What, what are you going for? Um, I have to say, I mean, I think the George Hurst goal away at Sunderland was was a big moment. If, if we're not counting the Broadhead one in as being part of August, I think that that George Hurst one was a, a big moment. Obviously, a big occasion. A big moment for him as much as anything because he's not scored in the championship before and then a lot of question marks going in can he sort of do it at this level 
and the confidence with which he takes it. It's a lovely build-up, lovely through ball from from Nathan Broadhead's on a play, perfect weight, rifles it into the top of the net and then gets town underway with a massive three points away at Sunderland. I mean, you see them turning Southampton over 5-0 at the Stadium of Light last weekend. That You look at that and think, we, we've got a good result there. I don't think many teams are going to go there and pick up three points. And obviously... That that was a big part of that, and and I think overall his performance in that game was was really good too. So, I think in terms of goal of the month, that would that would be right up there for me, and, and a really good moment for him. Yeah, I love that. I love that goal. Seeing that in the flesh, right in front of me, I was like, oh, that is a beauty. Um, Bloomers, I'm going to bring you in right now. We have got a nice one from James, all the way from New York. Got his uh, goal of the month as well. But um, what's yours? Well, go on, they share his first. Okay, go on, James. What what are you saying? Uh, he's gone for Broadie's goal on Saturday. I uh, love this shift of the ball, spark the comeback, and it can win both August and September goal a month for me. And he's got the emoji of like sweating. He's like, hopefully that isn't going to be the only goal we score for the rest of September. I'm sure there hopefully will be some well, other goal good goals. Goal a month in September will be able to score a winner against Sheffield in Wednesday. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> true, true that. But yeah, um, sure Bloomers. Yeah, I mean, for sheer ability and thunder bastardry. I think it is um, Broadhead. But I, I really liked, I'll be quick on this one, I really liked Caden Jackson's goal against mm-hmm. Stoke. Um, great sweeping move from front to back. Um, Burns putting in a good ball, uh, which she's been criticised for not doing enough, um, although we say he did on that occasion. And look, Jackson is one of the biggest success stories of the McKenna era. And that it was such a fringe player that I don't think any of us saw being in this team for the championship. I don't think anyone saw him being in the League One team the following season after McKenna joined, and yet here we are. Like he's clearly worked his nuts off in training to get to get the uh, chance he does. And even on that game, in that game, I know there was a few like murmurings about Jackson when it, when when you saw him with the ball or whatever. And yet he delivered, and it was a great moment for him right in front of the North Stand. Um, and you could see how much it meant to him, and it's it's just great. And he offers just a different dynamic up front to the likes of Hurst and the Dapo with his with his pace and I can see him being utilised in various games going forward and, and he's not really given McKenna a reason to to not play him at this point so you've got it's great to have a squad player like that great moment for him and it was just a nice capping off of that day where we got a win first game in uh, Portman Road and you know six points out of six and we were off to a flyer. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we've got some more comments. This is from another James, James Biggs. Uh, he's not got me to say um, Vaz's name again, thankfully. Um, but yeah, he said, I, I personally really enjoyed Chappers' scrappy goal at QPRs. It felt like a huge moment in the game. And it, it did, didn't it? Because we, we were like, oh no, it's going to be a, a, North, you know, a standard Gareth Ainsworth performance, you know, a scrappy game and can't even beat his team. But thankfully, Chappers came up, scored his first goal of the season. And of course, after that, he's gone on to score a few more, hasn't he? So it's good. Uh, EJ Norris has said, Brody's goal from the weekend, in my opinion. Nikolai's gone. Now we'll vote for Hurst's goal against Sunderland. Um, and yeah, hopefully Hurst will go on to score a few more. Hopefully the injury isn't too bad. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll go- it's probably the international break has come out at the right time. We'll chat about that in a, a bit shortly, guys. But um, let's talk about any other standout moments from you, Simon. Um, any, any of that stand out for you? Maybe it could be personal to you as well. But yeah, anything. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the the weekend I've enjoyed really, really a lot. I mean, sort of discussed how long it's been in the press box after the game with a few people about um, how long it's been since Sam had come back from two behind in any game to win. And I think the consensus with Barnsley away, 2011, so sort of talking 12 years since that happened. And I think I saw a stat that 
since it has happened at home was 2004. So again, that sort of shows those comeback wins feel really special because they've had to dig so deep as a unit and as a team, come through some tough moments and, and really stick together through the hard times. And we knew this team has the ability to sort of lead from the front. We saw that in League One, they go one, two, three goals ahead quickly and they can close that off. But they didn't have to show that fighting spirit in League One because they weren't behind that often. So I think I was really impressed with that and it it made me feel really like more confident about this season, where this team is going, because it just shows another string to their bow and another way that they can win matches and, and win games from behind, which, as I say, they didn't have to, and, and now they can, which I think is a really important skill for certainly the championship, where games sort of go back and forth over and over again. You need to have that resilience, and, and they've shown they do. Yeah, they do. Um, Bloomers, you've been to a lot of games this season, probably more you've been done in the opening start of a season for a while because, you know, we've, we've been rubbish, haven't we, in the, the decade or so. But, um, but yeah, I'm sure you've enjoyed it. Any standout moments so far? Yeah, well, I mean, I've got a season ticket for the first time since yeah. 2016. So, yeah, I have seen quite a few. Uh, it's been lovely. Uh, very, very uber niche, any other business, and one that actually is off the field. Um well, a, just how nice the stadium is on match days now. All the improvements they've made to the stadium makes it completely worth it. If you haven't been to Portman Road in a while, uh, you probably aren't listening to this, to be perfectly honest. But uh, if, if you are listening to this and you haven't been in a while, please, do try and come along when you can, because um, it's fantastic and it just feels like there's been new life breathed into the ground. And uh, an uber, uber niche one is the fact that they've now segregated the north, uh, the upper and lower parts of the north stand. People were booting off about that on Twitter, being like, oh, how dare they? Because now if you're an upper tier North Stand uh, ticket holder, you cannot access the lower tier. Um, you have to go up certain stairs and they've blocked it all off now, whereas before you could just go freely in between the two. What it does mean is I can now get a beer at half time and drink it in time for the second half. So thank you. It does actually work. People were booting off for no reason. And it feels a lot more uh, uncluttered down the lower north. So um well, another Ashton masterclass. Well, I'm sure he, he I'm, I'm giving him credit for it. Bristol City fans don't like to hear that, but no. Well done, Mark Ashton, if you were doing it. And uh, if you ever are in the lower north stand, I'll, I won't buy you a pint. You can buy me one. You've got more money than yeah. I have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get um, I get some people's point of view on, you know, I know there's some who maybe have family or friends who are different tiers and they want to sort of see before the game or at half time or whatever. But yeah, as you can see, you know, you'd like to be able to get a beer at half time so you can drink it and then go and watch the football for the second half instead of like being in a queue and go, do, do we leave? Because we're, we're yeah. going to miss second half. So I think, yeah, that's a brand, a brand new thing I discovered on last Saturday as well is that they've now started doing cans of Jack Daniels and Coke as well, which is uh, an, an elite masterstroke from somebody. I mean, less than about the price, the better, but yeah. well done, whoever's to stock that. There's only probably about five in the entire lower north stand, but um, that gives me an alternative option if I can't feel like I can chug a pint in, in 10 minutes. So well done once again, Ipswich. And another, another win that probably should give us another three points and put us top of the league. <laughs> Yeah, do it, do it, do it. Um, well, boys, let's have a little breather now. I've got the strike. Um, we have got a message here from Skipsy Till and has asked me a question, and it's about my driving test. When's the next one booked? <laughs> now, I was not I was going to ignore this completely, but I thought, no, I'm going to be nice, and I'm going to get everyone involved. Um, I'm not going to tell anybody because I just think I would jinx it. So um, it's soon. If okay, you're, Skipsy? If you're, if you're willing, are you, uh, would you like to share your record when it comes to... Yes. driving and or theory tests yeah 
it's more driving test is not too bad because I've not had an opportunity to do one yet. But theory test is the one that's embarrassing. But um, I have passed it originally, but then we know the rest of the story. It expired <laughs> because of COVID. And, and yeah, the rest. Of... If you don't, just DM Ross and he will, he'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, I'll let you know. But I'm not doing it live on a on a show because um, that could jinx oh, it completely. Live, please live stream your driving test. <laughs> yeah. That would get, be. The, get the examiner just to hold the phone while you're... Yeah, pay-per-view, pay-per-view. Come on in. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll find out. But um, yes, it's the strike time, boys and girls. Um, get involved, live viewers. Um, of course, get involved um, if you're listening after the show. We've got four questions plus tiebreaker. That links up to um, Dane Scarlett, who, of course, signed. Brandon Williams, that signed um, before we last, since we've done our last fan social, and also the international call-ups as well. So we've got a mixed bag of questions here. Uh, question one is on good old Dane Scarlett, who's not good old, because he's must be like 20, 19. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's good old to definitely me. Definitely younger than you. He's definitely younger than me. Um, so there we go. And he was very young when he made his uh, Spurs debut. What that segue there? What that little segue? And he was, uh, yeah, it was at the age of 16 years and 247 days. Uh, he was the youngest Spurs Davidson at that point, but uh, I think it's Alfie Devine who's you know broke that record. I think a month later, a couple months later, so uh, didn't didn't stay that record for that long. But yeah, he um, made his debut in the Europa League against which club? We've got three options here. We've got Royal Antwerp, Ludacrets, Razgrad, or LASK, which is an Austrian team. They've got a a full name. I'm not going to say it because that's how they say it. Apparently, that's just that they just shorten it. A lot of clubs do that, don't they, in Europe? They just shorten it, just make it easy for you. Um, but yeah, I think they Spurs won in that game. And these were actually the three teams they played in that Europa League, so that could trick you a little bit. But uh, what do you reckon, boys? Get involved as well in the comments, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, sorry. I bet Ludacrets is a Ludacrets. You are both correct. It is ludicrous. So I'm um, sorry if um, you were about to write your names, the, the answer in the comments. I've just told you it. I've dropped the gun now. I'll give you, I'll give you a couple of minutes, or not maybe not minutes, I'll give you at least 30 seconds. Adam Wright, incorrect, my friend, I'm sorry to say. Um, but fair play for typing it just after I uh, said the answer. But um, the next one, just is uh, get involved, get in the comments down below. Question two is on Cameron Burgess. Of course, Bloomers gave him some praise, which was rightly so because he has been fantastic and he has been called up and potentially be making his senior uh, first cap for Australia um, as they play Mexico. I think in Dallas, though. They'll be playing in mm -hmm. Dallas. Um, and him and his family immigrated to which city in Australia from Scotland when he was only 11? Uh, was it Perth, Brisbane or Sydney? So, yeah, him and his Jeez. family... Because he was born, I think, was Aberdeen in Scotland. And then yeah, at the age of 11, he uh, yeah, emigrated with his family uh, at 11 years old to Australia. But which city was it? Perth, Brisbane or Sydney? Um, as they get in the comments, Simon Bloom is 1-1 currently. What do you reckon? I uh, said Perth. Perth? Aha. I have also gone Ooh. Perth. Got full, full house there. Adam's also gone Perth. So, um, are you all right? Oh, well, I'm just waiting for a few more comments. But, uh, yeah, I, I, fair play to Karen Burge as well. I got involved on Twitter about um, saying, yeah, it's 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 uh, yellow and gold. Do not worry, guys. It's not yellow and green. It's yellow and gold. Green and gold, yeah. I missed that. Green, gold, yeah, green and gold, sorry. Green and gold. Because that yellow, yellow and gold, <laughs> that's just the same colour, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, green and gold, green and gold. Um, but, yeah. I don't know enough to get involved, so we're just going to move on. Okay, no, don't get involved, then, guys. Or maybe they no, don't Google. No Wikipedia. No Wikipedia. 
Uh, Chris Free is on Nathan Broadhead, who um, is starts. Oh, you know what he was the answer? Yeah, it's Perth, sorry. Yeah, it's Perth. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. Oh, it's, fine. it's fine. Yes, it's Perth. It is Perth. So um, it's 2-2. Desmond going into question three, which is on Nathan Broadhead, who starts for Wales tonight against South Korea. They're playing right now, I think. don't know how they're getting yeah. on. Um, I don't know. No, just no. quickly have a little look. It's no, nil, nil, nil. bet three six five, but you, yeah, you beat yeah. me to it. It's nil nil. It's nil nil. Um, but yes, let me just get. Uh, yeah, Adam Wright's perf, my friend. It's perf. That's the question. Uh, yeah, Nathan Broadhead scored on his Wales debut in March, but against who? Hey, was it Latvia, Croatia, or Armenia? I was watching it live in Welsh commentary. Ooh, that's how. Right. That's how. That's how starved I was of. Uh, Whatever football was should have been on in that, yeah. that time period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was like, did we have any? Yeah, we we would have had because um, that's yeah. when the Greg Lee. That's the whole yeah, the whole Barnsley yeah. debacle. Yeah. Yes, um, right. and yeah, that's only why we didn't have no game. Uh, but yes, who do you reckon then, boys? Well, get the comments. Yeah, Croatia. Of course, it was Croatia. It was like a ninety. It's one all. Yeah, it was the last kick of the game, Jobby. Yeah, everyone's saying Croatia, of course. Boom, boom. Hello, Kev. Correct answer straight away. Love that. Right, and so it's free, free. Everyone's got it correct so far. Yeah, Going into question game. four uh, is on Brandon Williams. Now, he is unique. Um, maybe not that unique because other people may have two middle names, but he has two middle names, boys. <laughs> um, so, what is his middle name? His two middle names, sorry. Is it Paul Bryan, Lee Charlie? Or Thomas Simon? So is it Brandon Paul Brian Williams? Is it Brandon I mean, Lee Charlie Williams? Considering who you've got on the podcast, there can only be one guest that we can have. Yeah. <laughs> true, but is that a trick one? Although Simon might not know what my first name is, I've just realised. But yeah. Potentially. Potentially. Um, but yeah. If he doesn't, I've just given it away. Yeah. That's what I was going to go for anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, what's your, what's your answers, boys? What do you reckon? I put Thomas Simon. I don't think it's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had to do it considering it's both of our names. And I don't know Simon Thomas is the uh, Norwich fan, isn't he? The yes. uh, is he like some presenter or pundit or whatever? Presenter of yeah, Sky. Off he does the um, Soccer Saturday now. now ah, that's it. Yes. 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 Know, yeah. I mean, I, now I am going to games I've not watched, but um, I hear bad reviews about it. So. Yeah. Yeah, to be fair, you can't replace you know Jeff Stelling and, and Co. He's been done like, so long. United after Fergie, isn't it? Like, good luck yeah. getting them on shoes. Yeah, pretty much. I think any like any TV show have had like a long term like presenter. You just yeah. And that's got Mike Dean on it now, haven't they? As well, I saw it the weekend. Just yeah. like that yeah. back again. Yeah, not good, not good. Um, okay, we've got a few here. We've got uh, James Biggs who went uh, Lee Bryan, but that's not an option. That's not an option. But then he went. <laughs> but then he went. Lee Charlie. So fair play to him. You went to it. Uh, Kev goes. Hope it's Charlie Williams. So basically, Lee Charlie. Um, and now, I'm a, I'm a master because <laughs> I've tricked you boys. I've tricked, you. Yeah. I've tricked you. I've tricked you because um, I thought I did that. I thought, oh, do you never know? And it does work a little bit, did it? Brandon yeah. Thomas Simon Williams. It does sort of work. But it's actually Paul Bryan. Brandon Paul Bryan Williams. That is the um, the answer. So. Um, so we are going to have a need a tiebreaker, which is exciting. This is very exciting. Um, and I've just got to quickly put the answer in the tiebreaker question because I thought I had, but I hadn't. I've actually kept it from the last fan social, which was the QPR game. How many times did Town won at QPR in 39 games? But I'm going to remove that and add what the Sam Morsey question. And 
Sam Orsi, of course. We've mentioned already. Player of the month. Potentially championship player of the month. Likely, hopefully, win more caps for Egypt. But how many caps has he won for Egypt as of this recording? So the closest to the correct answer gets the point. Sheesh. I think the last time he won a cap was actually at the World Cup in 2018, I think, in Russia. Right. Um, from from the top of my head, anyway. I'm just oh, going to have a little look. So yeah, he was called up back nice. in 2021 when he was with us, but he didn't didn't actually end. Oh, he didn't end up in the final squad. But yeah, the last time he played, from what I can see here, was against Uruguay in the FA Cup. FA Cup, the FA World Cup. Cup. <laughs> Not that one. It's, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Okay, it's hot. It's hot. Uh, right. But yeah, so yeah, closest to the correct answer gets the the win. Basically, get involved mm. in the comments. How many do you reckon, Sam Morsey? A nice little clue here. He hasn't scored in those, those caps. Um, right. So let's well, see. Considering this is, you know, there's a reason, obviously, I'll put five. I think it's really low. So that okay. five is symbolic, isn't it? So Yes, for his number, yeah. I, I went with 19. 19? Oof. Yeah, that's going too high. Okay. I, know he's, I know he's 30. That's what I was sort of thinking. I didn't know how many he'd won yeah. before that. Yeah, but no, to be fair, he's 30, he's 32 actually this month. He's actually 32 on Sunday. So happy birthday, Sam Warsey, for, for Sunday. Uh, and yeah, you'd think hopefully he would have won more caps by then, but because of, you know, yeah, Egypt's are weird in terms of they don't really like to pick players who don't actually play in Egypt or something, don't they? It's because they have that. Is there a rule? I don't know. I'm just I'm talking out my ass now. I think, um, but I know. Right. You know what? Certain yeah. England managers got some weird rules about picking players as well. So I wouldn't yeah, about true. That. Yeah, true that. Um, so Blumens has gone five. Simon has gone nineteen. James has gone eight caps. Kev has gone twelve. And correct answer is. Sorry, Davina's in my ear. Look at it. Ross thinks he's on Eurovision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't. I can't say how. What's that in French? I don't know what that's in French. <laughs> and uh, Nick yeah, actually he's done a Italian there. then. I don't know. I can't do that in Italian. <laughs> I, can, I can barely speak. You know, normal words, not numbers. Um, but Nick has got it spot on. I don't know if you've cheekily looked, but this is the correct answer. Hopefully that will expand. But it is seven. There so Bloomers is the closest with his five. So he wins the strike this week. Um, speech is always my friend. And uh, well done, Nick, as well, for getting it right. Uh, yeah, delighted. Long time coming. Never win one of these. Sorry, Simon, it had to be you. Let's wrap up. I feel like there's a coat, like, is it one of them hooks trying to hook me back into work? Um, yes. Yeah, well, a big, big shout out to Bloomers. I'll do my victory lap in five minutes' time when I'm talking yes. about how I've just won this magical quiz. Definitely. <laughs> well, yeah, we are going to be wrapping up the show shortly because Bloomers is um, actually at work, but his work have been kind enough to let him record this this podcast. Um, but I just want to quickly just wrap up the, the sort of the transfer window as a whole, boys. Um, of course, Axel Twanzebe is still in the building. Um, there's been rumours today about Real Betis, you know, in talks with him and stuff. But um, what we have, what we know, uh, he's still in Suffolk and. Potentially, he apparently played in the game against West Ham, of course, which was a 1-1 draw. Connor Chaplin scored in that game. Aaron Craswell scored a free kick in that game, former town player as well. Um, but yeah. Um, I didn't even know this game took place. Where was I? Yeah. this? It was today. Today was this oh, afternoon right. at West Ham. <laughs> so um, but it was a behind-closed-doors game. There was no footage of the game, but it was ended 1-1. Um, and yeah, Axel Twanzebe apparently played in it. So uh, 
So yeah, he's still here. But um, I want to quickly get your rating out of 10, boys, of the transfer window. Deadline day, you know, slam shut. There was a quiet Portland Road, uh, which uh, we, we saw Kyle Edwards leave, of course. Dane Scarlett did sign on deadline day eve, which we, we quoted on, on the flagship show. But Simon, out of 10, what, what are you giving it? Uh, for me, I'd, I'd say seven. Um, it, it's it's very solid. I think it, it builds on what we already had, and and in certain areas, sort of got got the squad depth improved, which which it needed to to be. Um, players with with great experience. You look at the likes of Brandon Williams, obviously Premier League minutes. Amari Hutchinson looks like a real live wire talent from Chelsea. And and look, the big signing, the, the one that stands out, is George Hurst. I mean. That's a guy who was obviously instrumental in getting us promoted. It, it wasn't a done deal that that was going to happen necessarily. And I think ultimately the price that we got that deal done at was was really good. And I think that's that's a great signing for us with a player with huge potential. Um, and Jack Taylor as well, who I think in his cameos has looked really sharp and, and I don't think will be too far away from a start before too long. I think obviously you hear people talking about, is it underwhelming? There's no sort of, big name star players in, in that sort of sort of you know spending three, four, five million or whatever on a single player. We didn't get one of those. But ultimately I thought this team deserved a crack at the championship before we sort of look to replace and upgrade at, at some point. That will happen undoubtedly. Um but this team did deserve a deserve a go at it and uh, see who is up to the task and who isn't and then we'll go again in January. So I think for me it's a seven. I think if we did get to Anzabi, I'd probably push that to an eight as well because I think he's a very very talented footballer. Yeah. And that's what Madden Wright said. You know, solid seven will be eight if Anzabi signs. And um, he just said basically if yeah K Mac just we'll, we'll sort it out and make it ten either way. So there we go. And of course he signed a new deal. Connor Chapman signed a new deal. So um, there have been new signings as well. If you want to class them as uh, bloomers out of ten, then my friend, how are you rating the window? Yeah, I think seven's fair. I think. At the start of the window, if you'd have told us this is what the window would have been and how many signings we'd have made and these are the players, I think quite a few people would be quite underwhelmed. I, I think this good start has kind of meant a lot of people are being a, a, a lot um, more happy about this than they would have been if we'd have had one point after five games. I think you've had people screaming from the heavens that we didn't upgrade or we didn't sign players or whatever. Um, but I think it would have been nice to have got a, another centre-back I think it would have been nicer if we'd have got another forward, like a striker. See, Ladapo's showing that maybe we don't need a striker. But yeah, I think each signing on their own merits is pretty good. Getting Luongo again is great. Getting Hurst again is fantastic as well. No one left. That's the key thing. No one left. I think that, that probably pushes up to an eight, to be perfectly honest. Like all of the linchpins from last season, none of them have gone. You still got Walton. I know he's injured, but you still got him. You still got Wolfenden. You've still got Morsey. You still got Chaplin. Like that's, I don't think you can ask much more than that full stop because some teams will know that eventually they'll have their price. I, I don't care what happens. I don't care if we're top of the league, 10 points clear. If someone comes in with a price and it's the right price, then I imagine anyone in this team will go. Um, and I don't want it to chance to get upset about that. That's just, that's football these days. But um, yeah, it's, it's been great to, to see like Jack Taylor come in and, you know, only in cameo roles so far. He might be really important come the end of the season. Um, and yeah, like, it'll be interesting to see if Scarlett gets much game time. We don't know yet. Williams and Hutchinson just provided a completely different dynamic down that right-hand side when uh, and they came on against Cardiff. And that could be so key in unlocking defences going forward. Hutchinson already looks a bit more 
confident than he did on his in his first cameos. Uh, I saw his game against Reading. He looked a bit timid's the wrong word, but he he looked like nineteen years old. Or is he nineteen? I think he's nineteen. Yeah, he certainly yeah. he looks like he looked like a teenager. Like and when he came on against Cardiff, he was chucking himself about, putting him in check. Like it was so good to see. I, someone's obviously had a word in his ear and gone, look. Be physical, and he was, and it reaped dividends. And he's shown against Reading and Cardiff that if he gets one on one and isolates his man down the wing, he can just skip past players. If he gets a bit of um, decision making drummed into him, like you can see why Chelsea got him from Arsenal, and you can see why he was so highly touted. So, yeah, really exciting. Maybe a bit threadbare the squad. Let's hope that we won't be lamenting that we haven't got more in in like October, November if injuries start to hit. But yeah, seven's good. And like I say, the, the good start means so much goodwill going around and it'd be really harsh to be much negative at all. So, yeah, happy days. I mean, I think the other thing is, obviously, you look at the squad sizes, we're right up at the limit now. So there's there's not much else we realistically could have done unless we were going to ship two or three out the door. Yeah, We are right at the cap. And if we get to Hansaby, I think we are 25. We're at the absolute That's, maximum we could be yeah. at. So I, I don't see what more the club could have done in terms of, there's two for every position. There's depth where you need it. Um, and then we've got the youngsters like Baggett and Humphreys to supplement at certain times if they're needed. You'd hope they're not needed too often, but it's good to know that they're there and they're obviously extremely talented. And you saw the role Humphreys played last year and uh, he, he's clearly very capable. So the, the squad is in good shape. And, and look, it's only what four months until January comes around. It comes around before you know it and... As I say, I think the squad is in and around top six or top half. It will be like last season. They will look to go again. This is a, they always talk about how ambitious the project is. And I think then it becomes an easier sell. We talk about sort of star names. If you are in and around the top six of the championship, you maybe can attract a certain calibre of player, which right now we just sort of can't because teams don't really know us as a championship outfit. They know us as a League One outfit for four years. So they, they're just sort of keeping their powder dry a little bit and as we progress through this league, then those players will be more and more available to us. Yeah. Bring on the January transfer window, boys. That's where the, that's what we did last season in league one, didn't we? January is where we made. I think that's an important point as well. I mean, you talk about this transfer window being a seven. If you sort of bundled the two together, which I think is fair in terms of improving the starting level, you probably saw between them is a eight or nine, isn't it? So I think if you're looking at it that way, in terms of, progressing the team in the space of two windows it, it's gone dramatically up from where it was even last summer yeah almonds and upwards definitely um well boys i know bloom has got head off um so we're going to wrap up now i'm just want to quickly bring kev's um, answer he's gone 10 out of 10 and as well the result v card have made it for it because yeah this team just shows they can come back from a, a two goal deficit and to win so there we go just got some other business and i'll go back to you boys for your final bit of business if you want to mention if your international break what do you get up to international break but yeah the under 21s for town they won their first game of the season they beat uh country city three nil up playford road i was there sweating it was a very hot day but got some good pictures got to see a good win uh so shout out to the under 21s team the tractor girls though lost their first game on wednesday night against hashtag um, hopefully they'll bounce back. They've got a game against Milton Keynes. Uh, it's standing okay this weekend. So if you're free and want a, your football fix on Sunday, go um, down to um, Stadium NK and watch that in the stadium. And uh, as I mentioned, Town played a behind-closed-door friend with West Ham today, which ended 1-1. Connor Chapman scoring. And Aaron Cresswell, formerly of his parish, scored a free kick 
Um, so there we go. Um, thanks everyone for tuning in. Bloomers, any other business from you, my friend? What are you going to be doing? I know you're in, you know, football. I, you know, football. Yeah. Like I say, in my in my personal life, it's all about Ipswich, but in my professional life, it's all about the NFL and some late, late nights ahead. But look, it's um it's a, the biggest niche sport in the UK for a reason. Uh, anyone who's like disgusted by it or revived, like just give it a go. Like get someone who knows what they're talking about. So not me. Uh, to, to, to work it through with you and yeah if you want a quick bet uh, for who's going to win the Super Bowl this year my money is on the San Francisco 49ers and the dark horses are the Jacksonville Jaguars London's team so there's your two teams if both of them flame out then you know who to come and, and uh, abuse but yeah full steam ahead for the NFL and as I say kickoff is in da, 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 nine, ten, eleven, five hours time bring it on as of this recording, as, as of this recording, recording, as of eight thirty PM, kickoff is in five hours UK time. Yeah, and uh, Heafy, that is Heafy's team, the San Francisco 49ers. So oh, you'll be you'll be very happy about that. Uh, Simon, yes, definitely. Um, ACL, um, oh ACL well. gang, yeah, ACL <laughs> gang, and all that. Uh, but yes, yeah, Simon, any other business from you? And I'll bring in a few more comments as we wrap up. Uh, no, no, nothing from me. I mean, uh, I think mentioned the Rugby World Cup. Looking forward to that. Should should be good and. Uh, Having a look at what some of the Ipswich players can do on international duty. It's been a long time since we've had yeah. this many players to sort of keep an eye on. So it'll be interesting to see how the likes of uh, Morsi and Burgess go in their respective squads. Obviously, Wales having Burns and Broadhead too. So definitely keep a, keep an eye out for those. Yeah, definitely check out our website. I'm sure we'll do um, roundups of that as well. Uh, let's quickly just bring up some more comments. Um, Philip's gone. I gave a trans window 9 out of 10. Bloomers, you can head off, mate. Good seeing you. But I want to quickly just say goodbye to all the viewers. Uh, so, Simon, you can stick with me. Just yeah. me and you having a chicken <laughs> wag. Uh, but, yeah, Philip's gone. I gave the trans window 9 out of 10. Then we've got James here. I sense a start for Taylor soon. We can have a little chat about that, actually, if you want, Simon. Yeah. Only trouble with it is that I feel mass and more I've been a brilliant at playing in the defensive role. Can we fit Taylor in that midfield somewhere? So, Simon, take that. Take that Take that question. Yeah, I mean, uh, as I sort of mentioned, I, th I think Taylor's looked very impressed with his cameos. I thought particularly on Saturday when sort of Town were in, I think, I think he came on at two all and then sort of helped close that game out. Um, I thought he gave really good energy and, and he's such a big unit as well. I mean, you sort of, when you sort of first see him, you don't think he doesn't look that imposing, but he's like six foot three and he throws his weight about a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the mass and Morsi midfield has been so crucial for town for a long period of time, but you have got to look at it in the rounds of it's 32 and 30 years old in a midfield in the championship over 46 games. I can't see them playing every single game. That just feels like it would be an insane ask of, of players who are, I wouldn't say reaching the end of their careers, but they're not 25 anymore. It's going to be hard, hard yards in the centre of the pitch against very quick and talented midfielders. So there will come a time where Jack Taylor will start. I think he's certainly not far away from one. I think he's probably knocking on the door in terms of what he's he's been providing recently. And I, I think he gives something different. I mean, we talked about Jackson offering something that we don't have. In terms of a midfield runner breaking the lines, getting into the box, that's not Mass and Morsi. They're, they're not going to get in the box and score goals, really. It's not their game. And, and there will come games, certainly like Cardiff, where teams are in a low block and you need that sort of player to sort of get in the box and, and make the spare man and, and score the goals. So, yeah, I definitely think Taylor, before long, will, will get a starting berth in the league. But, I mean, he showed in the Cups as well. He's certainly more than capable. Yeah, definitely. Um, just quickly, one more from Philip again. Um, Hutchie, 
I think it means uh, Hutchison was a marked man in the Reading game, but came good as the game grew. And I think he's he's another one we've, we've spoken about many times. He, he's one I think will will grow with confidence. And he's he's a young kid, so he's going to learn. This is his first loan spell away from Chelsea. So, um, what what have you made of him so far? Yeah, I mean he he looks like a, a youth player from a Premier League academy. You can see all the technical abilities there. Clearly, he's got all the skills to to be a good footballer but he needs to just sort of sharpen up and learn how to play men's football because you're not facing 18-year-old fullbacks anymore. You're facing 30-year-old physical defenders who are not who are prepared to just throw you on the floor and kick you and clip your heels or whatever and do that sort of dirty work. So you need to get used to that physicality of it uh, in the first place. Um, but he's he's shown that he's got all the talent to, to make a big impact. I mean, I look at someone like Ahmed Diallo at Sunderland last year, another player, who right, had a bit more experience than Hutchinson going to that loan, but learned throughout the season and ultimately almost fired that team to promotion. So I, obviously we hope as Ipswich fans that he can have a similar impact than that. But he, as I say, he's got all the ability, but he just needs to be a bit more canny with how he uses it. And, and the decision-making, I think, will come naturally as he gets more game time and he gets used to the speed of the league. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, Kev has got the final two questions um, or comments. Well, I keep saying questions. Comments. Um, he said, uh, good show, Ross and everyone. So thanks, Kev, for tuning in. And he also went, um, I think this is Kieran McKenna. He's keeping everyone's feet on the ground. This is a very strong league, as Burns said, and he's finding out one game at a time. And that's what they do, don't they, Simon? They just they take each game, one game at a time, and don't get too carried away. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I went to the, the press conference after the Cardiff game and you sort of, you want him to come in and bang the table and sort of jile everybody up, but that's not him. That's He's just going to keep doing the same. It, he comes into the press room and you just sort of think he could have lost 4-0. He feel like he'd have the exact same demeanour as this turnaround victory that all the fans are absolutely buzzing for. And and that's that's a sign of a good manager. I mean, you see some managers get too emotional, too invested. Just keep everybody level. Keep Don't get too high in, uh, with the highs and don't get too low with the lows. Keep trusting the process and, and go again one game at a time. It's not sexy, but ultimately that's what good teams do. Yeah, definitely, mate. Well, final words there from Simon. I think that's a perfect way to end it, my friend. Um, it's been a great show. Uh, thanks to Bloomers for joining us. Uh, thanks, Simon, for joining me as well. Uh, it's been a great show to get your little fix ready for the weekend. Um, of course, international breaks are just in England, England, New England plan. I don't have a... I don't really train in Scotland, I believe. Oh, Scotland, that'll be a big It's the 150th anniversary of the first international game. Wow. That's 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 a long time ago. It's a long (laughs) time ago. A lot of things that was insane. But yeah, um, that's your football fix, of course. But um, this has been your podcast fix for the weekend. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, as always, shout out to our sponsors, Manscaped, use the code Cowway. You get 20% off and free delivery for all your grooming needs, your nose, your beard, below the waist, your ears, stuff as well. So check it out. And of course, Ginger Pickle for your marketing, SEO needs and all that sort of stuff. Check them out. Tony Southgate and the team will sort you out. And uh, yeah, it's been another great show. I'll be back for a flagship show next week, uh, ready to build up to remind me, Simon. Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough, of course. There we go. Um, final little one from James. Great show, chaps. Thanks very much, James, getting involved in the comments. And then Kev's gone. ta everyone. And that is the way we're going to end it. Thanks for listening and watching. Bye for now.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.